Welcome to the Manifesting Magic Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Marie, and I'm here to inspire, motivate, and spread my knowledge on manifestation. I'm so excited to help you create abundance in all areas of your life and heal energy blocks around money and limiting beliefs. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Manifesting Magic Podcast. I'm so excited today. I'm going to be interviewing my guest, Liz. She is an author, a spiritual mentor, and honestly, a friend at this point. I feel like I can talk to you about anything. And I'm so happy to have you here on today's episode where we're going to dive into her journey, um, what started her to, you know, author a book and write an entire book, which is insane um that whole process and much more so Liz like where are you located right now where are you coming to us from does that make sense hello (laughs) yes yes so I'm in England right now and that's also where I was born as you could tell from my accent I got back here about six months ago so I was traveling the world for a year and a half before that literally had all of my stuff in storage two storage units and was living out of a suitcase and when I left I was like I'm never coming back I'm so done and now I'm back and part of the reason is because my husband's doing a career change so he was an engineer for 10 years and now he's at a woodwork school here uh, training to make furniture for a year so that's in England and uh, it's been really grounding and really healing coming back actually because when I left like we had a very fractured relationship me in England but having some time away Mm -hmm. being in so many different countries and coming back I do realize the luxuries that are here as well as all the gray sky that we often have (laughs) there are also a lot of luxuries so I appreciate it in a whole new way and I definitely feel like I've integrated and healed that relationship you can't run away from things this has been a big lesson it's like Mm -hmm. if you run away from something eventually it's going to come back for you to heal and to close that cycle. And it doesn't mean it will always come back exactly the same way. For example, a relation, I don't know why I'm going on this tangent, it must be for someone. (laughs) Um, The same thing happens with relationships. So I look back at old relationships and every single person I used to date was my father. Like in a different form, it was my dad over and over and over again. I didn't see it at the time. And so when we're trying to run away from something that we haven't healed, it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean the exact same thing is going to show up necessarily. In this case with England, it is the exact same thing. But sometimes it can be a pattern that repeats itself in different ways. And it will just Mm -hmm. keep showing up until you actually face it and you actually heal it. What do you feel like it was about England that kind of triggered you or where you had like the severed relationship was it the experiences you've had in England and that's what inspired you to leave there's this quote wherever you go there you are and I feel like that's very true in my life as well so what what was the tie to England that had you kind of feeling like meh yeah multiple things so the weather big one like I'm solar powered like fully solar powered I'm a different person when it's clear blue skies like completely different so here it's probably gray 70% of the time and that's not an exaggeration so yeah it's very very gray we do have amazing weather sometimes as well but Mm -hmm. a normal day will be gray so the sunshine is part of it the culture it's a very serious culture uh stoic is is the way so people are very cerebral very logical very reserved uh, very polite which is a good side but um yeah yeah and being a spiritual person is is very hard here like 
the general English person is is not for that. Very much about science and um, yeah, very not not a good place to be a spiritual person. So that's a part of it as well. And then I guess, um, yeah, really feeling like I wanted to go to my next level. And part of that was going to a different place. But um, yeah, I had to come back and, and integrate and really try and just mm-hmm. be myself here. I think maybe I was using it as a bit of an excuse to be like, oh, I can't be myself here. And it's like, no, you have to be yourself here, no yeah. matter what. So yeah. I think that was part of it. I feel like too, when you're in those cities where you don't really feel like everything aligns it's extra important to be yourself because you're a light for those who also feel like they can't be themselves somewhere and like it's really nice to like you know once you are your authentic self to like meet those people and kind of call in like your friends and stuff that maybe you were weren't so like not opposed to having but you weren't free to feel yourself so does that make sense yeah I want to ask like when you were traveling what countries did you go to? What did you see? And then did you have any massive like spiritual awakenings or realizations where you finally felt like, okay, like I know you had to come back for your husband's work, but like you sounded ready to come back as well and face whatever England had. What spiritual takeaways did you have? And what was your best trip? (laughs) Oh my goodness, so much. So 2022 was the best year of my life so far. Mm. I saw Wales three times in three different places like that's ridiculous like humpback wales costa rica newport beach uh monterey oh you traveled Uh, all over the world yeah yeah yeah. oh i thought it was just in europe oh my gosh that's incredible wow wow so three months in the u.s uh two months in la i won a retreat in tulum a luxury retreat so went there for that uh, drove to Vegas, did the coast of California, Monterey, things like that. Then I did three months in Costa Rica, month in Mexico, then month in Lisbon and Portugal, month in Amazing. Cyprus. Wow. Um, so yeah. That's incredible. What were your biggest spiritual takeaways throughout mm. this time? Like, was there somewhere where you just felt like you had this calling to transform or what happened? Yeah, so definitely Costa Rica. Uh, That was, wow. So I got there after two days of traveling via New York, nearly had a panic attack. Like literally when I got into the Airbnb, I was on the edge of a panic attack because I landed in the middle of the rainforest at like a bus shelter. The taxi I'd already arranged picked me up and he only spoke Spanish. And the place I was going was just coordinates. Like there weren't street names or anything. It was just coordinates. And I, I realized everyone spoke Spanish and no one spoke English and I don't speak Spanish so and I was there for three on my own like I was on there on my own for two months and then my husband was coming out for the third month and I was like what have I done I'm in the middle of nowhere and everyone only speaks Spanish and I don't speak a word of Spanish like in England we learn French and German in school not Spanish so I don't like not a word of Spanish at all and so I was just like oh my god what have I done it was so scary but my god did I grow in that time and I was there in rainy season as well so it was just torrential downpours Mm -hmm. within the first week that I was there luckily my friend had been there I didn't know anyone there by the way Luckily, a friend who who was meant to be there, I landed as well, also contributed to Panic Attack. I landed, voice noted my friend, and she was like, yeah, I'll be there in November. And I was like, 
I'm going to be gone by November. And so I was like, oh my God, I literally don't know anyone here for the whole time I'm here. Oh my but she, God. it was so scary. And then she added me to this WhatsApp group, which was like a local WhatsApp group just for like mm-hmm. events. And then within a week, there was an event, which was a tribe from the Amazon who were traveling through, they were traveling around Central America and South America for six months, three elders from this tribe in the Amazon doing an ayahuasca ceremony about an hour from where I was. I was already wow. in the wilderness. This was like even more out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I was terrified, but luckily I took that opportunity and the whole rest of the three months I was there, no other opportunity came up to do ayahuasca. And so many people said to me, you're so lucky you got to do it in such an authentic way. But um, that was very powerful. It was just releasing so much resistance. I had a massive purge. And that whole time in Costa Rica, it was hard. You know, I didn't sleep much at all. There were dogs barking every night, the rainstorms, the humid. It was just like hard. And I felt like I was just being pushed and shoved to let go of my control, my anxiety, my resistance. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting a huge snake tattoo on my arm that like wraps around my arm to symbolize the death and transformation that I experienced there um and you know through life on this spiritual journey but I it's funny because I went to a party recently it was my uh, husband's friends from his course and someone else a guy had also gone to uh, gone to Costa Rica done ayahuasca and then got a snake tattoo (laughs) it's like that's literally the same as me so yeah I think that was the biggest I mean obviously the whole time was amazing meeting Mm -hmm. people um constantly facing my edge of what I thought I could do Mm-hmm. But I'd have to say Costa Rica was like, yeah, huge, very transformative, but not in an easy way. It's not like, oh, come here for a nice, you know, nice yeah. relax. It's like, it's like you're just being pushed and pulled and like forced to let yeah. go. It's like you have to let go. You have to release. So, yeah, that was really powerful. I love that. I have so many questions just from that story. I feel like anyone who I've encountered who has done ayahuasca has said that it has to find you and I feel like you found it or it found you in such an organic and like authentic way and it's so beautiful I have never done it I'm always so scared of the vomiting that I've heard can happen do you feel like the benefits outweighed the consequences of the purging or were you nervous going into it like how do you feel I was terrified and in the taxi there because uh, in the WhatsApp group, a few people uh, arranged to get a taxi together because it it was in the middle of nowhere, like literally in the middle of nowhere, the toilet was a hole in the ground. So it was just like quite um, scary, but luckily there are a few other girls from America and things like that. So we got a taxi together and on the way there, one of them was like, it's like acid times a thousand and everyone was saying all these stories. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? My husband was freaking out because there have been stories of people getting assaulted while they're on it and things like that. So it it was very scary. But of course, I, it was also one of those things that lined up. My intuition said, yes, I, I I wasn't pushing against the grain, but it was just something scary. I was terrified. The, the vomiting is a thing that everyone vomits, but you do, um, it's called a dieta beforehand. So you're actually empty. So you're not throwing up a lot. You're just throwing okay. up a little bit of liquid. You can only drink water and you're mm-hmm. not allowed to eat for, I can't remember the rules exactly, um, but you're not allowed to eat for a period beforehand. So you are empty and you have a little bucket. Every single person does it. 
but my God, it's been the most transformative healing thing I've probably done on my journey. So I can't recommend it enough. I really can't recommend it enough. It's really powerful. It's the closest thing to like, uh, if someone's looking for like a solution to just do like one thing and that will solve things, that's the closest thing I've found so far that will really get rid of stuff for you. There are people that I don't work with. I like, I'm not a practitioner or anything like that, but just from my own experience and my own research, there have been people that have been alcoholics and then they've done it and then not been alcoholics anymore. Um, had depression, Mm -hmm. done it, not had depression anymore. Mm -hmm. It's very, very powerful. And it does rewire the pathways in your brain. Um, Mm -hmm. and ever since I felt a shift. So I've always had a history of anxiety. Like I had a full blown generalized anxiety disorder for about three years. I know we've talked about this previously and was Mm -hmm. medicated for it. And, um, even though I've not had that for ages, I'm just naturally quite a anxious person and ever since that that has just taken a slice of it it's like just a slice has just gone permanently mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm gonna do it again I want to go with my husband yeah. next year um and do it together because it just allows you to flow with life more mm-hmm. easily would you say it's like the closest thing to like an otherworldly experience like some people compare it to like you know they see things that aren't from this planet that aren't from this life and I feel like growing up I was Christian and there's heaven and hell and those are the only options in the afterlife like did you feel any closer to what was out there in the afterlife I don't know if you believe in reincarnation or not um or like I think I'm guessing you do because you're probably spiritual and stuff but um like did you get any like insight on like past lives or like how long was your your journey I guess yeah so No, I didn't get anything like that. Interesting. I know I've heard someone who Mm -hmm. met Mother Earth and then she ripped the misogyny out of him and people have all these very spiritual experiences on it. I didn't actually have any of that, but I have done Mm -hmm. a lot of other work in that realm. So I've done multiple past life regressions. I've done the mediumship. Like my first offer in my business was tarot reading. So I feel like I already had that very strong connection Mm -hmm. and I've had those spiritual experiences anyway and um been connected to the spirit world so ayahuasca didn't necessarily help me with that but everyone has a different experience so it might help someone else with that but for me I use cards meditation Mm -hmm. um, and that allows me to connect spiritually that's beautiful what started you in tarot Mm. so I started when I was 14 so like I'm 31 now so over half of my life I've been reading tarot and I have such a close relationship with it I have it in an ornate wooden box it's very very sacred to me I have so beautiful yes I have one of the cards tattooed on my arm the wheel of fortune I got that when I was 19 Mm -hmm. and they've just been an absolute ally and for me I think I've worked with them previously it was actually one of my friends who introduced them to me when we were teenagers because we were all like gothic and so she was just like oh look at this cool thing she now works for the government in London and is like just not at all spiritual Mm -hmm. or interested and yet I just hung on to these tarot cards and have used them ever ever since so I absolutely love them because they're such a good tool for guiding you forward and I used to have depression and like had a really dark era for Mm -hmm. a few years and that was like my teenagehood And even in that time where my spiritual connection was zero, I was in the darkness, like fully, the tarot cards could still always guide me. So that's why I love cards. Because it's like, even when your intuition 
you know, when things like anxiety and depression all that, they really like really get in the way of your intuition and your spiritual connection. So yeah. it can feel so hard to know what to do or make the right choice or what's going to happen next. How can I trust? Whereas when you have something like tarot cards or Oracle cards, then it, it just shows you it's like here, here's what's going to happen. Here's which way to go. Here's what's best for you. And so like, no matter what, they have always been that bridge, that connection for me over mm-hmm. to the spirit world that I've been able to use and I've been able to guide loads of other people with them as well on my Instagram mm-hmm. account. The first of every month, I do a monthly tarot Instagram live. And I just do like, here's the forecast for a month ahead. And the people who are on the live get a some cards if they drop an emoji. And that, yeah, I just, I will always, so always fun. use them. Yeah, I love them. That's beautiful. I have a question about that. So I've also always really been drawn to tarot and oracle cards. I feel for me, like I have so many decks of tarot and so many decks of oracle cards. And I guess sometimes I just feel kind of lost on how to use them. And I think a lot of people might feel called to them, but not really know like what questions to ask, who to talk to. Are you talking to your higher self, God, the universe, intuition, your angels? Does it change every time? Or I know it's so specific for everyone, but I feel like, you know, shedding some light on like how people do it. It's not really talked about, you know, usually when you see tarot readings, they're just the readings online, but no one really says their practice on how to do it. Um, I'm like looking at my tarot boxes on my shelf right now. I have like five. Um, But what's your practice with that? Like, do you draw daily? Like, what kind of questions are you asking? Especially like in a, I kind of have depressive tendencies as well. And it's a feeling and I almost don't really have a question that comes to mind. It's just like this feeling that I don't know how to move forward with. So like, how would you approach a situation like that? And like, when you were going through, you know, your anxiety and depression, like, how would you approach tarot? Mm, such a good question the first thing I would actually say is when you're really frantic and like desperate in those moments where it's like what's gonna happen like try not to touch the cards because what I would find is that I'd overread so we're like what's gonna happen with this guy I'm seeing and then I'd ask the same question again and again if it didn't tell me what I wanted I'd keep up so like that is a bad relationship to have with the cards but if you're not in that like frantic state then you already said that the intention you set beforehand, like what you're connecting to and with is really important. So you want to be connecting with your higher self. And this is going to be different for everyone. So my practice has actually changed. It might surprise you. Well, not you necessarily, people listening, because you also had a Christian upbringing like I did. Um, And I actually now set the intention to connect with Jesus, Mother Mary, Source. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Jesus, Mother Mary, Source, Jesus, Mother Mary, Source. Because to me, that's like pure light, pure love, like sacred energies. Yeah. Um, you could connect to angels. You could connect to... Oh, I have goosebumps guy. right now. <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> I so love it's, that. it's totally personal to you and like what you connect with. The most important thing is to set that intention though. So you're not getting any like nefarious, other confusing mm-hmm. energies. So another thing you can do is just set the intention that this is going to be for my highest good it's going to help me to align with my highest timeline my highest potential another thing that I say is for the light only so like um, and if when you say only it's very like a declaration like for the light only for my highest good only like nothing nothing else so yeah it's really personal for me at the moment it is Jesus Mother Mary source because for me that feels very very pure very protective and um 
yeah it's always real oh, getting goosebumps so yeah it just feels really good to me but anything that um as long as you're setting that intention I think that's the most important thing another thing I like to do is like a ritual is light a candle when I'm about to start a reading and then I blow it out at the end as a physical mm-hmm. way of being like right I'm opening up and I'm closing down when I blow the candle out yeah cut the cords very important to do that cord cutting especially if you're reading for other people because otherwise you're kind of tuning into that energy you're very open so it's very important to close at the end as well it's all about intention is really what it's about I love that I would love to hear three tips on reconnecting to your spirituality for people who you know maybe grew up Christian or grew up atheist but are like being called to spirituality, being called to, um, you know, manifestation and the deep inner work and like the healing that happens through spirituality and through connection like this. Like, how do you reconnect back with your spirituality if you've been going through a funk or something's like thrown you off? Mm, Great question. So I think when you're in that place and like very early on and maybe have a fractured relationship, the Mm -hmm. physical tangible things can be more helpful than like the esoteric or connect with the spiritual realm like that can be really hard so I'd say gratitude journaling I do gratitude journaling every single morning and the way that I make myself accountable is that I actually use a diary so it's a page a day a five diary and so because I've got a whole page and it will be like Tuesday the 14th of September or whatever and if I don't do it that day I've got an empty page and like that will just not fly so I like have to do it every day it's the greatest hack because if you just use a notepad it's really easy to slip out of it and not do it one day so if you use a page a day diary like every single day you've got a page looking at you and it really keeps you accountable to it so gratitude journal every day I am grateful for I am grateful for I am grateful for if you're using any other affirmations as well you can write them there Mm -hmm. so every single day I do my I am gratefuls Um, I might say please something something if I want help with something Mm -hmm. Um, at the end I always say um, I am blessed I am rich I am abundance like just every day I've said that probably like two years Uh, At the moment, I'm also writing every day, every day in every way I am aligning with my ultimate dream life. So, um, yeah, that daily writing practice, that daily gratitude, and it's a physical, tangible thing that anyone can do. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely the first one. The second one would probably be Oracle cards. Again, a very tangible tool that you can use. So I pull one for myself every day. I have a cute little card holder as well. And the difference between Oracle and tarot cards is that Oracle cards are all positive. So tarot cards are used for divination, which is fortune telling. And in order to tell the future, you need to have good and bad cards because the future isn't all going to be good. So, so that's the difference. I have chills again. You keep giving me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the difference. Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't pull a tarot card for myself every day because I don't want to get some, like there are some really horrible cards. So I don't want to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're going to have a horrific day ahead. So I don't pull those myself every day, but I do pull an Oracle card which are all positive like the one I've got today says you're glowing you're glowing from the inside out choose to feel good about yourself fabulous thank you very much so then I go about my day with a nice message yes (laughs) so that's yeah that's a good one as well um and they're all positive so oracle cards would be the second one the third one hmm, this is a tricky one I would probably say because this is what I did at the beginning of my journey, and it's really hard for people with anxiety, is 
presence and a moving meditation. So it can be really hard to sit and meditate. But what I started doing was turning the radio off in the car, walking to town without listening to a podcast or any music and actually just embracing the silence. Like when you're walking, when you're driving, doing your makeup, something like that. And actually that creates space in your mind. And Mm -hmm. it is like a moving meditation, but just allowing yourself that space for that presence. And then ideas and messages drop in. You had a reaction to that. What were you thinking? Um, I'm just kind of reflecting on how often I feel the need to constantly be listening to something. I have a very hard time sitting in silence and, you know, in the car, I'm what podcast am I playing? If I'm like tired of music or like even at the gym, I'm always watching YouTube videos. Like I'm never, and it's something that's came up in my life. I had just gotten back from Europe and I realized how unpresent I've been in my life. And I feel like in a way, depression, big life changes can really take you out of the present. And it's, you know, sometimes like sitting in meditation for 10 minutes and just being still and quiet, I always would rather do a guided meditation. So someone's talking to me and I have music in the background, you know, versus just sitting in stillness and silence, because I feel like that's when your intuition actually gets to speak to you. Um, and all of these other, like, yes, there's a time and place for podcasts and guided meditation and stuff, but especially for those and me who are in a spiritual slump, sometimes doing those three things that you just mentioned, I feel like are so key and so valuable. And I would never even thought of, you know, driving without music, walking to places without music or podcasts. And like in Europe, I was with my, my boyfriend and it was, you know, him and I just conversing and the trees and the bees and the flowers and the sunlight. And it was so different than constantly trying to tune everything out. And so, yeah, I really, I really, really like those. Thank you for sharing. Like those are really beautiful. And I love your nails. I was thinking about how much I love your nails and your ring. I was like, those are really cool. (laughs) I love it. These are like part of my witchy higher self. I always have really long pointy red nails and like my when I put all my rings obviously I always wear my engagement ring and my wedding ring but when I put all my other rings on that is like it's showtime we're filming cool so it's like a persona I put it on and I'm my ultimate witchy self but yeah gotta have the claws ever since year three so grade three I remember I got a manicure set and I remember it so clearly and that was like my life changed forever and my husband (laughs) we've been changed forever honestly we've been together for 12 years Um, And there was one time where I like had my old acrylics off and there was like a day in between. And he was like, I don't think I've ever seen your bare, short, plain. Like, I just don't. It's it's such a thing. I don't know why. Um, It's just, yeah, my hands are a whole thing. But then I do like tarot readings. I write. My hands are very much a tool for my spiritual work. So they're very beautiful. You have very beautiful hands and fingers. Like I'm inspired right now to go get my nails done because I've been slacking. Um, I also wanted to comment how beautiful of a relationship you seem to have with your husband and how trusting, you know, you said you were in Costa Rica by yourself for two months before he came and, you know, you were doing ayahuasca and, It seems like you guys have really found that sense of like freedom within the relationship as well. Like 
how did that come about? Was it always there? And I know this might be a personal question, so I can totally cut this out if you're not comfortable answering. Um, but how did you navigate that? Because for me, I think it's so beautiful and it's something that I really want to work towards as well in my relationship is, you know, it's so important when you are with someone to keep having those individual experiences so you guys can grow and do things and then come together and talk about it and share it with each other. So how did you, I guess, navigate that or was it always like this? Yeah, so that was my first lesson in manifestation. I didn't realize at the time. So my whole teenage years, I had been oh, just such a sado. I look back, I'm like, what were you a doing? Sado? Yes. <laughs> I relate to that so much. I was just really like clingy and my whole energy was just like, please, like, please like me. And I just um, go, who, and I said, these people were my father and I don't like the relationship. My father is like a whole other podcast episode. Um, but he, he's not like a proper father figure in my life. So issues around that. And so I desperately wanted like his love. And so I just desperately want all these guys and they'd be like in a metal band and they'd go on tour and then like dump me by text. And I was like, oh, and just like that kind of thing just kept <laughs> happening again and again. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? So anyway, got out of a terrible relationship and I was in university. I was in my second year of university and it was awful. Like I ended up with what I now realize is a narcissist and it took about six months to get out of it. He would go around to my parents' house when I wasn't there. He would leave notes, handwritten notes on my car windshield. He knocked on my window in the middle of the night. He would say like, there's one day he sent me like 50 texts and it would be like, I love you. I hate you. I just, it was, it was really, really bad. So getting out of that it took months to get out of it because he was full-blown mental I've got him blocked on like every he would, I'd block him on my email then he'd start messaging my university email address all my friend just it was crazy oh my gosh so I got out of that and I was like oh my gosh I just chewed my leg out of a bear trap and obviously it took me a long time because he was my first love we were together for two years I was madly in love with him but it was a very toxic relationship but it was so euphoric and like the yes. highs were so high, the lows were so low. Yep. And when I eventually got out of it and I started finally getting over him, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm free. And there was a distinct moment. I was on a night out with my friends that I live with at university and we went to a kebab shop. I don't know if this is a thing you do in America, but in, in the UK, you go out on a night out and then you go to a kebabby, a kebab shop. And they all got kebabs. I've like been vegetarian for like forever. So I got cheesy chips. And I just remember like looking at my friends. We'd had an amazing night out dancing. And I had this feeling of euphoria. And I was like, oh my God, I'm genuinely happy being single. Mm-hmm. And I like in that moment, I just thought I didn't say it to anyone. But I was like, I'm genuinely happy. Oh, thank goodness. That week, later that week, I met my husband for the first time and he was a friend of a friend. So we lived together in halls in the first, there's like 20 of us in university halls. And then in second year, you go into houses. So we split basically and the girls went into one house. The boys went into another house, but on the same road. So we went over to the boys' house for pre-drinks before a night out for someone's birthday. 
and there was this mystery man there and me and two of my friends were like who's that and he was someone's friend from home so he'd come to visit and go on this night out Mm -hmm. and then um yeah romance ensued and he lived like five hours away from where I was at university which in England is like I know it's not so much in America of a big deal but in England that's like half the length of the country so it was like oh my gosh he's so far away obviously I had no money I was in university so I was like no okay like bye see you and then he just kept texting me I remember I didn't reply and then he sent me another text the next day I was like what what's up with this guy he lives so far away like whatever and for the first time I wasn't clinging on like I wasn't waiting I wasn't like oh I genuinely didn't care I was like see ya whatever bye and then three weeks later he came down again for his birthday in quotation marks got a taxi from the night out at 11 p.m. to come to my door and I remember staying with my friend and I was like Caroline do not leave me with this man like I barely know him and then he stayed at my house for like three days we stayed up all night talking it was like you know the moment and he was like yeah I knew like I knew when I met you that was it and I was like "Mm, me not so much but um yeah yeah, and then (laughs) it took like a year but I had trust issues and I was generally so happy on my own finally I really resisted it but um we so we started off being long distance so to answer your earlier question I think that really helped because he initially lived really far away so we'd see each other once a month at the weekend Mm -hmm. and because we were so young we were 19 so I was at university and then he went to university in different places and we like moved all these multiple places in our 20s bought somewhere together at 24 and we were there for two years and then he went to work in Africa for five years (laughs) so he would like work for eight weeks and then have a month off so we'd do like eight weeks on four weeks off um so we were just always very international very independent and I'm so glad because we got together so young that it gave us the chance to grow up be completely independent Mm -hmm. whereas I've seen other couples who've got together as teenagers and have just from the get-go they're from the same town and so they are just completely together whereas we've always been really independent but yeah, it's kind of hard because I think I just met the right person when I was meant to re- meet the right person. Um, but I very much at the beginning, I was like, no, no, like I'm happy on my own. And that's such a good message for manifesting. Sometimes yes. we're just too attached and we're like clinging on. And as soon as you are so happy on your own, loving life, free, confident, unattached, then what you want is then trying to come to you. And it's like, yes, like you're so magnetic. But yeah, yes. when we're trying to chase it, we're pushing it away without realizing. Yes, I love that story. I feel like in my life, I also was the sado and the little bit clingy, like I was always like in anxious avoidant relationships. And I know you know about attachment theory for anyone who doesn't. Anxious is when you're constantly kind of chasing after someone and avoidant is like, ah, this is too much. They're emotionally unavailable you're super emotionally available. So it's just doesn't work. And you're constantly in this whirlwind of like, you chase, 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 and then you get a little crumb. And then they're back to being, you know, totally avoidant again. And I feel like with my boyfriend now, it's been so beautiful, because I was in the place of like, I didn't really care if I wanted a relationship or not. I was totally happy, like, on my own, doing my thing, going out with my girlfriends, like I had my job, I had my girlfriends. And like, I, you know, was 
totally happy like that. And I think like the best things do come when you're not constantly like hunting and searching and giving off that desperate, like I need this or I'm not going to survive type thing. And I think like, as soon as people, um, can cut back and like I read this book called attachment I don't know who it's by but it just changed so much in my brain um as far as like attachment theory goes and I feel like a lot of women especially and in today's age there's and when you're younger you know I'm I'm 25 like when you're trying to date a 22 year old guy it's just like so few are emotionally mature and emotionally available um and so yeah I don't know how I got off on this tangent but um I really that's a beautiful story and I do think like in my relationship as well like I have seen those couples you know in my hometown I'm from a very small town where they're together at 15 they stay in the same town and they don't do anything and like that's totally okay for some people but for me like I do want to have like the individual experiences and I think today's day and age, there's a lot of trust issues that come from social media and being present online and just the access that you'd have to people where, you know, in the 50s, you didn't have that access to people. You had the access to people in your town, people you organically met. And so social media, I think, too, is kind of came along and ruined a lot of, you know, relationships. And it does, you know, let people's true colors show. Um, cause I feel like a lot of people aren't necessarily in relationships now, like, because they really want to be they're in it until they kind of like find something better or find someone else's attention. And especially, you know, being a model and being in like the influencer model network, it's all about like who can have who and who, who makes me look good. And like, who can I, you know, this whole, like, era and I'm just like can I just delete my social media yet like sometimes I just really want to be done with it um but I wanted to talk about your book living in tune and how did you start that like you're a Hay House author which is massive it's a huge publisher so congratulations it's so epic how did that begin like did you feel like spirit called to you to write a book or what happened Yeah, thank you so much. Because yeah, I do feel like it's the biggest achievement of my whole life. I'm really, really proud of it. Um, So thank you. And yeah, it wasn't a quick, quick journey. Um, It was, so they kept saying no. And I just kept, kept applying, kept sending them my proposal. And a proposal is like a 15,000 word document. It is a a beast. You have to write like 10,000 words of the book itself. Then you have to do a whole business plan, basically like a promotion and publicity plan about the author, chapter summaries. Um, There's like so, so much to it. So I've just done one for my second book. Haven't got a book deal yet, but I've just been doing the proposal and it took me two months of doing it for like two, three hours every day. So it's like a whole situation. But I, so I started my career in investment banking I was on the grad scheme at JP Morgan then I worked yeah and I'm people can never believe it when they meet me now they're like what yeah crazy and then uh I went into fashion because I was like I need to do something more fun like it killed me being in banking so then I went into fashion I was a fashion merchandiser and while I was there I'd be walking down the hallways like trotting along in my little heeled boots with like outfits slung over my shoulder to take some press shoot. And then all these spiritual teachings would just pour in. 
it would just be these like profound sentences and like little lessons. And so I just catch them on my phone notes and I just write. And then one day I was scrolling and I was like, there's so much on here, just random sentences and like phrases. And so I copied and pasted them into a word doc and it was 30,000 words. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. And like, so it's funny looking back because I, English was actually really easy for me. So when I was 16, we do these things called GCSEs, General Certificate of Secondary Education. And I, in English literature and language, I got double A star and it was like just really easy. But then I chose like the economics part. So I did like maths and economics and stuff. I did an economics degree. So um, it would have been really fun to do English or some kind of writing thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I didn't. So I never expected to be an author. Some people are like, oh, it's always been my dream to write a book or something like that. No, I, I just I didn't really have a choice. And now it is really natural. But I think I'm just a channel, but in different ways. So whether I'm teaching, whether I'm doing a tarot reading, writing, it's all just different forms of being a channel. And I'm just a messenger. And for mm-hmm. me, writing books is just one way for me to deliver messages um but it, yeah it really started in 2018 so that was when I realized oh crap I've got 30,000 words here a book is in the self-help space is 60,000 words so I was like oh that's half a book so then I started looking at trying to get a book deal and then I decided on Hay House from a synchronicity where I went on YouTube and there was a YouTube video about someone who'd gone to a Hay House event it was a Hay House Writers Workshop. And so I was like, oh, okay. And things just lined up, you know, the breadcrumbs, the little signs. It was just like, Hay House, Hay House, Hay House. Hey. Yes. And, um, and so I just kept trying. But like I said, they said no. And they said no again. And I was so confused because I was getting so many and such strong signs. You know, those moments where you get shown something and it's like the hair blows off your face and you're like, what just happened? The universe just spoke to me. And then they'd say no. And I was like, what the hell? It was really (laughs) confusing. And I remember one time they said no. And then I pulled my Oracle cards and I got the card that says books. And it was like, your purpose is to write, edit or publish spirit. And so I was like, I'm so confused. Yeah. Why? What is going on? You're telling me and my tarot cards were like, yes, yes. Everything, all these. And they were saying no, it was it was really hard. And eventually they well, no, they actually said no. And then they came back. And they said, actually, yeah, we might be. And there's this whole to and fro for about six months. They gave me a book deal in October 2020, came out Jan 2022. And yeah, it's called Living in Tune, 21 Questions to Activate Your Intuition and Find Your Life Purpose. And every chapter begins with a P, which is really fun. So there's 21 chapters and it'll be like power, pain, uh, perseverance, and then it ends with purpose. So, and there's a journaling question at the beginning of each chapter. So it's a practical guide to find out what your life purpose is, basically. That is so beautiful. I'm so proud of you. That's such an exciting story. And it's so, I feel like it's such a light for, you know, those of us who do feel called to do something and we get hit no a bunch of times. Like in my modeling career, I know I'd shared with you, I had gotten no like many times before I heard a yes from someone, um, you know, when I was 15, then again, after college, when I had tried to reapply to this agency that did want me, I got no. And so it's almost like third time's the charm. And I feel like it's the universe's way of 
you know, like, how bad do you really want it? How bad do you trust me to keep trying with this? And so your story was so beautiful, but I heard you mention a second book. Do you want to share about that? Yeah, so I haven't got a book deal yet. So there's no guarantee, but yeah, it'll be about manifesting. And it, it again, it's all come through and I have got like the whole book in notes already. I, I don't choose it. It's not like I sit there and I think and I write, it just comes in. I can't help it. And it'll always be like, I'm trying to go to sleep at night. And my husband's like, what are you doing? Because every two seconds I'm popping up, getting my phone, getting my phone, because my brain's like calm down. So then it's like, oh, let's send in all these messages. So um, yeah, we'll see. I'll obviously keep you updated, but mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be about manifesting and uh, it's interesting because the first chapter of living in tune is called power. And mm-hmm. I'm realizing this is really my purpose and what ties everything together is helping people to be in their power and understand their spiritual power, the power they have to connect, to create things. Yeah. So yeah, the second book will be on that theme. That's so beautiful. I feel like everything you say it sounds so weird maybe but like everything you say just like clicks with me in a way that like you know someone can tell you something and like you're not really going to listen but it just takes one person to explain something and I feel like you are kind of that person for me like when you explain things when you talk about things it's done so like beautifully and just in a way that really makes sense and I, I do feel like that is your gift in writing and I feel like our stories are very similar like growing up I was always like English was my strong suit I would tutor kids in English uh, when I was in middle school and I ended up going like a different route obviously and I was doing bio pre-med in school and like it's funny how we kind of always get rerouted back to our purpose um doesn't matter if you're 50 or 20 or whatever it always happens where you kind of reroute um one random question I was thinking. So, you know, you've been doing tarot and, and reading tarot since you were 14. Do you feel like tarot is for everyone or do you think oracle cards are for everyone or what are your thoughts on that? I know it's kind of a gift to have to be able to read tarot. So do you feel like anyone can learn how to do it? Is it a learning thing or is it something that comes more intuitively? Yeah, definitely. Good question. So I talk about this in the book as well. There's a practical exercise to connect with your intuition in each chapter. So there's 21. And I talk about this. And what I say is that Oracle cards are definitely for everyone because they're all positive. So there's a great brand, which I'll shout out called Pass Around the Smile. She's an independent uh, lady in the Gold Coast in Australia, and she creates card decks. I've got two of them. And they're just gorgeous. They're all positive, really lovely messages. You can't go wrong. So everyone can use Oracle cards. Um, Tarot, anyone can use them, but it's more like if you're called to it. Yeah. Because as I mentioned, they're for divination, fortune telling. So there's good and bad cards. So you have to be ready to hold the responsibility of that. Are you going to be able to handle it if you ask about the future and it tells you all this bad stuff or you ask about your love relationship and it tells you all this bad stuff's coming up? Like, are you going to be able to handle that? Is that really what you want? It's much more of a serious, uh, a serious thing to connect with and use. It's not necessarily something to just lightheartedly do um but you can absolutely learn like I teach people I've got a program called divine tarot so you can teach people 
but um you just have to be called cool to it, I think I don't think just go and buy one uh for the yeah. sake of it but if you feel called to it if you're listening to this conversation and you're like oh yeah I feel I feel called to this then yeah absolutely go ahead I use the Rider Waite tarot deck which is the also known as the original deck it's mm-hmm. got um the kind of old designs there's lots of new ones as well but I personally mm-hmm. have just always used that deck um but yeah I think if you're called to tarot go ahead and you can learn but anyone regardless can use oracle cards the tarot cards come with greater responsibility I think absolutely when you pull out you know your cards in front of you and you get the answer do you intuitively like when you were learning did you intuitively try to read it first and then you would kind of read what it meant or did you kind of always know what the cards meant like I'm always blown away by people who know what like every single card means because I'm like still like with my book and like with Google like what does this card mean like how did that come for you yeah so I was so young obviously I was a teenager so I used to use the little guidebook in the box that comes with it so I would look up the meaning every time when I started and just over time from when you're reading again again you just start to remember them when I started doing paid tarot readings, which was the beginning of 2020, I, even though I'd been reading for like a decade or whatever, I still didn't feel confident. So I ordered four books off Amazon tarot books and I read them cover to cover and they would be like tarot encyclopedias. It'd be one page for like the page of one. And I would just learn. It means this is, and I read four books. I just didn't believe in myself because I was like, if I'm getting a stranger to pay me and I know nothing about them at all. And I have to do a, a tarot reading for them. I just, I was so scared but yeah. I was getting all the guidance again. My intuition was like, this is what you need to offer. So I read four books and that was just to fill in any little gaps in my knowledge. So now I do mm-hmm. know them. I work off the imagery as well. That's why I like the Rider Waite deck because some of the modern decks, the imagery is more minimal or like simplistic. Whereas the Rider Waite imagery is really intricate and there's like lots of different things happening. There's layers, there's a background, there's people, there's, there's like all this stuff going on in the images. So like I'll get drawn to like a little thing in the background or like, oh, there's an old lady over there. And then I'll get drawn to these intricacies in the art. So it's just about following what your eyes called to, what you feel, um, things that come to mind. I'll often tell a random story about my life and I'll be like, I don't know why I'm going to tell, but I'm going to tell the story. And then that relates to them or something that's going, they're going through or that they need right now. So yeah, it's basically about trust is what I'd say, because there is a way of learning where you just sit with each card and you don't look at any books, but you intentionally sit with each card and you connect with it. And then you go, right, ace of cups, and you just stare at it and you connect with it energetically. What's it trying to tell you? What do you feel? What's the energy of the card? And you can learn that way and just really connect with them. It's it's all about trust, but at, for so long I had no trust. So that's why I was like, I need to read four books. I need to look up the meaning every time. And like you said, Google it every time. The best website is Biddy Tarot, in my opinion, B-I-D-D-Y Tarot. I find yes. hers the best. Um, but with each card, there's like 10 meanings. So, um, and then there's 78 cards. So there's a lot of different meanings. There's a lot of combinations because you're not looking at the cards in isolation. You're laying them out and looking at them in combination. So, um, yeah, it's really comes down to your intuition and trusting yourself and whatever you want to say, even when you don't know why, like when you're reading for a stranger, you just have to say whatever comes through and just go with it. There's no other way. Uh, you just can't get too in your head and can't be self-critical. 
and practice and basically what you're doing when you're practicing is just building up your trust wait I want to book a session with you now (laughs) that would be so fun I would absolutely love that I've gotten like a few tarot readings done from like random random like psychic shops or crystal shops that I'll like wander into and I feel like they're so spot on they predicted like everything that was going to happen even even though I didn't want to believe it deep down I knew like that they're right and that the cards were right and that you know certain things just fall into place and like looking back I'm like oh my god that's crazy but yeah it's a lot of responsibility because it can feel really scary and like I know tarot is not totally set in stone and like everything you know it's always changing around us but I feel like it's pretty spot on for majority of the readings that I've had and a lot of the stuff too even though it may not come oh my god I'm just thinking back now on a reading I had um like four years ago and I'm just thinking about something that actually happened this year that the reading was totally accurate about a life event and I'm like oh my god that's crazy but yeah it's it's very special um it's 11 a.m here how are you feeling yes very good it's 4 p.m here okay I think I'm going to probably wrap up so I want you to shout out your socials, shout out where we can find you, your podcast, your website, like pimp yourself out right now, just so my audience can find you, connect with you and learn and grow with you and be inspired by you. So where can we find you? Oh, this has been so fun. Like literally so fun. I've loved it. Um, so I am mainly on Instagram at I am Liz Roberta. My book is called Living in Tune, 21 Questions to Activate Your Intuition and Find Your Life Purpose by Hay House, as you said. Um, my website's LizRoberta.com. I also offer a free angel card reading to anyone who wants one listening. So that's just LizRoberta.com forward slash reading. And I'll send you an angel card reading. So angel cards are like oracle cards. Um, they just have angel messages on. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Book. Instagram, website, free reading, lizrobetta.com forward slash reading and my podcast, which you are on amazing episode about modeling and manifesting is called spiritual success. I love that. Thank you so much, Liz. I feel like I'm talking to an old friend every time I talk with you. It's so easy to converse. I'm sure my audience will adore and love this episode as much as I did. And I don't think I've ever laughed as much on a podcast as I do with you. So I thank you for the laughs. Thank you for the joy and the positivity and the light. And I'm so glad we got to do this. Um, You guys go check her out and I will see you next week. Thank you, Angel. Bye. I am so grateful you were able to tune into this episode. Have a magical rest of your day and please feel free to email me with any topic you'd like to hear me speak on. Don't forget to review and share this podcast if you feel it helped you and you can find me on my socials linked below. Bye!